Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Michael Parsons Show. Let's talk about life. The Rich Eisen Show. Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show, Diane Rossini. From the conversations I've had, he wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL. So we're talking about $50 million a year. Earlier on the show, NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah. Still to come, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. Plus, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk. Mike Florio, and now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air here on this uh, Monday of NFL Scouting Combine Week in the NFL. All decision makers of note and prospects of note for this year's uh, entry into the National Football League and the draft that goes down in uh, April, late April in Las Vegas, Nevada a town where Mo Green has no plaque, sound poised, uh, signpost, or, or any uh, um, memory uh, of uh, <laughs> his time in his, his honor. Should we um, put one up at the draft this year? Maybe so. Isn't it time Mo got that sign, Rich? I, mean, I don't he, know, He guys. should have a statue. I don't know, guys. I don't have a crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it is what it is. It really. is what it is. And I can control only what I can control, which is me getting on that plane. Yeah. You can't to control the <laughs> Mike McDaniel's presser on Wednesday is going to be lit, kids. But before that, Steve Kimes having a presser tomorrow. Oh, baby. The uh, Arizona Cardinals Any general manager. Uh, that might be interesting, maybe. Cliffs Kingsbury's got a press conference tomorrow. And uh, again, Kyler Murray's agent sending out quite the missive today. Does it go alphabetical on who, when the presses are at the combine? I don't, I don't know. It really just, I don't know how they figure that out. I'm just saying tomorrow being the first day, Arizona is speaking tomorrow. I oh, know. I don't know. You know Miami I mean? is Wednesday. I, I, don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Some, you know, as you know, Belichick doesn't do it. Some people just say, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you know? Bill, you want to speak at the combine? No, no. It's, it's, all, good. It's, all, it's all voluntary, really. But I mean, yeah. everyone wants to hear from them. And that's a great part about the combine is it, it's, you know, it's uh, a, a renewing of um, of the news cycle and also just reacquainting everybody with the fact that everyone's O&O right now. Everyone is O&O right now. That's true. So, um, and then everybody, and then everyone takes a look at um, who your team could get. Like, that's what the beauty of the combine is. Everybody watches the combine thinking... That could be my okay. new quarterback. That yeah. could be my new defensive lineman. That could be my team's new linebacker. And you fall deeper in love with somebody based on what you saw 
over the previous season. And you know who I have man love for in this year's draft. And um, put up the uh, bottom third of Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft 2.0. He came on in hour number one of our program. Look who falls to 24th overall to the Dallas Cowboys. That would be N'Kobe Dean. Oh, come on. I've been, I was meaning to bring this up to you guys like two and weeks ago. No. Yes. No. Oh, my we word. We cannot let that happen. But that's oh, just DJ's mock draft, but yeah. My he, word. He's had that up there for a while. Stop it. Dude, to have N'Kobe Dean. Friend of the show. Behind Micah Parsons or next to Parsons, next to, next yeah. to Van Der Esch and uh-huh. behind Tank Lawrence and in front of Diggs. I'm not here for that. Oh, my word. Would that be just another guy to help clean things up on the defensive side of the ball? Also, um, what kind of caught me by a little bit like off is seeing 32nd overall. If you put it up on the screen one more time there, uh, Mr. Hoskins, you see the Detroit Lions chip right there. That's the logo. I'm like, could you imagine if it was a Bengals-Lions Super Bowl right there? Like, literally... What if that was, if that had actually happened, just to see if a warm place had really frozen over, uh, you know, and, and, um, but the Bengals are there, 31st overall, that's their spot. And then the Lions are there. I'm like, oh, that's right. It's, it's the Jared Goff trade. <laughs> and indeed, F them picks. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a de facto second round draft pick just with that extra year of contractual control, 32nd overall. And Rams will be happy. They will be lighting their cigars staring at the Malibu sunset, gleaming off of their Lombardi trophy when the Lions choose. And by the way, Jordan Davis would be a hell of a pick. Yeah. Our first Gorilla Glue uh, toughest player on planet Earth. And Nicobe Dean the last. There's the last. Right there. In the, by the way, that's the greatest thing also about the draft. Like the biggest of the biggest men on campus for the number one program that won it all, right? Back third of the first round of the NFL draft. That's the way it works. Amazing. Who's a bigger man on campus in Georgia, right, than N'Kobe Dean oh, and Jordan Davis and Georgia's defense, along with Stetson Bennett? Bennett. Oh, 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 won it all, and they're, and they're in the bottom third of a, of a mock draft first-rounder. How about Matt Corral not even being a first-round pick, according to Daniel Jeremiah? That's what he says. And Kenny Pickett being 18th overall, meaning that means you get like, five bucks? I don't like that. One dollar. A one dollar? Is that what it is? Mortimer, because you're the one who said that uh, he will not be a top five pick, right? I just want to remind I, everybody. I didn't believe he would be. I, I mean, got this too thing's, aggressive. This I should have went top. This 10. thing seems to be wrapped on that. Yeah, if he falls to 18th to the Saints, make that check payable. Can we bro. double enough in the top ten? Nah. Oh, come on. Let me get that loot. No, I think you're just gonna get the dollar. Dang it! No, it was twenty. Oh, is it twenty? Yeah. He says it's one. I thought it was just one. No, normally it's one, but that was specifically was twenty bucks. Uh-oh, I can't have this dispute. <laughs> well, he's not you know disputing what? it. You know, no, here's what you need to do. Nah, here's what you need like to something do. something I would do. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, he, he, Brockman, he knows himself. If you, if you think you did not, in fact, do that, yeah, you need to send out a statement with your oh, You're right, you're right, actually. <laughs> you need to have Hold it. on, TJ. No, he's already, own, he's already admitted stationary. it. And my the microphone, agent, Rich. My agent is sending out a statement. Hey, too I late. Do, again, I do like the packaging of this statement. It's really nice. What's the word count on that thing? It's a lot. Why? I didn't have time to read all that. Like, and then let, who decides let, what goes in bold and what's right. italicized? Very impressive. The I mean, this thing. could have been done in two words. 
pay, pay me. him. Pay, pay him. Pay me. Pay me. Pay him. Pay him whatever. Pay him. Yeah, it's the, two yeah. words. Give me the loop. We didn't Three need words. Two thousand. There, there it is. Boom. Somebody put that up there. Hey, there it is. There we go. Pay him. That's Very it. Simple. Now here's the latest. Also, let's get to it about the Packers. This is amazing. <laughs> I wonder have they deleted this yet? Okay. I, I don't think they have. All right. No. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. No, it's still up there. Let's keep doing it. It's a silly season, right? It's a silly season. We're not ready to combine, but I don't know. This is less silly than the others. I mean, I admit, looking into Kyler Murray's Instagram, ha, ha, ha. It's somebody. The banner photo on Russell Wilson's Twitter account. Oh, ha, ha, ha. This, though, this has real legs or feet. Because the NFL, the NFL feet, well done. The NFL announced... Uh, which teams are going to be the home teams for the international series. Correct. Uh, three in London, two in Tottenham, one in Wembley. Again, no surprise the one in Wembley is the Jaguars, is Shad Khan and uh, Wembley are, you know, like that. He owns the stadium. And then, uh, and then the, um, the Buccaneers the are playing. Buccaneers in- are the home team in Germany. Munich, yeah. Okay. That is cool. And so one of the home teams in Tottenham is Green Bay. How about the Packers coughing up a home date in Lambeau? Um, they were one of the last teams. Not so really it's only, well, I mean, because, you know, Lambeau Field, people, the thing when the schedule comes out, one of my favorite stories I heard when this NFL schedule comes out, that there are Packers fans who book hotel rooms in their favorite hotel in Green Bay for every week of the NFL season. Now all 18 weeks, and then they find out which weeks the Packers are not at home, then they're away. And they'll cancel the rooms for those dates in advance and not pay some sort of fee. I mean, that's why you don't hear the Packers giving up home dates. So they're going to London. And one way in support of announcing this is the Packers put out a photograph of the famed Abbey Road picture. And and they photoshopped on a handful of Packers and, you know, LaFleur out in front. So it's five Beatles, if you will. Oh, there was a fifth. And, and uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers is not one of those Packers. So what's up with that? <laughs> and you know it's somebody. So this we, we came up. This is our version of, of the, uh, the photograph. It's Rodgers by himself on the famed Abbey Road, given the what gives look. That's, by the way, can we tweet this out right away, that this is our version Absolutely. of it? Thank Absolutely. you. Well done, Smitch. Yeah, so it's Aaron Jones and Jair Alexander and, and David Bakhtiari. David Bakhtiari. Yeah, yeah, so all. Well, there's just they're all of them. None of them are, are, are twelve. Yeah, and Rashawn Gary. Now, why wouldn't they just do it? Because he's under contract to him. Just do it. Just do way, it. No Devontae Adams. And then all of it. So no Devontae Adams. What are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing? Who okayed this? Now look, uh, and and if you're thinking you're making too much of it, the Beatles, that very photograph, the actual Abbey Road photograph, sparked a. Thousand conspiracies about whether Paul McCartney was alive or not. I mean, if you really want to go deep into the history, you know, he was barefoot and not in lockstep with every other Beatle out there. And everybody thought when you played what Strawberry Fields backwards, you heard I buried Paul. So who buried Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> this is great. It means nothing. But I love talking about that. <laughs> but does it mean nothing? Come on. It's some person in the Packers front office 
What do you think? Mark Murphy saw that and said, yeah, that uh, check mark. Rich, the you president said earlier, Packers, you said complicated today, complicated. you said earlier today, yes, right, about say. the Kyler Murray statement. Yes. You said, look, if I'm doing this and I'm meeting with my team yeah, and a, they say, <laughs> what about this? I say, hit send. <laughs> they didn't think that this was going to rile stuff up and we were going to talk about who's not in the photo? I guess I don't know who, who agreed to this. Um, all I know is we do have one person on the Rich Eisen show who can find this out. Um, and it's one of the owners of the Packers. Mike, can you um, <laughs> can you flex your considerable front office muscle? Because how many, how many shares do you have of the Packers? Two. Did you, one, really. Because well, I gave you, one away. You gave one away. You say that every time. Yeah, so so in essence, you have one. I have one. It's, it's, it's so two. valuable <laughs> you gave one away. Two, but I gave one away. No, in you my have name, one. which means I still own the two. Who would you give it away to? To the girl back east. To a gal. Of course he gave oh, it to oh, a gal. Man, he was a young lady. Little Philly Philly. Now, getting back to that point. Let's come over there, Mike. I my private jet up. Yes. And I go to the owner's meeting. Yes. I'll let you guys know what's happening with Aaron. Yeah. We all have a big meeting together. By the way. Where is the owners' meeting this year? The annual meeting, the NFL annual it's meeting. It's in the Green Bay every year. No, 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 no. Oh, the oh, annual oh, the meeting annual where meeting. owners go. Ooh. I'm thinking we should send you, and you try and get into the room because you're in Rich, one of the owners I've of the already, Packers. Rich, the you're, first couple years, you sit in Mark Murphy, and you sit in Mark Murphy's seat before guy, he sits down. I met everybody. I, I, I be with Herm Edwards and Andy Reid and. <laughs> At the Breakers that, in Palm Beach. At the oh, Breakers. That's, that's our place. Is that, a, <laughs> that was the first one. It's our place. It's our place. That's our place. The first owners. one the NFL Network ever yeah. covered in 2004. Yes. Yes, we were there. You I were there. The actual, I actually went into one of the meeting rooms. I was I there. to watch a meeting. I, the first time I ever watched Al Michaels. He got into his courtesy car. I'd never met the man before. He was asked by Howard Katz, longtime uh, um, executive with ESPN and now with the NFL. Um, asked him what he thought of the Breakers, how many seasons it was, because, you know, Al likes the four seasons. He said two and a half and got in his car and sped off. That was my introduction to Al Michaels. That's At the first time you met Bra- Not Al? a big fan. Not a big fan. Two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. Two and a half. So you should go to the two and a half seasons. I'd love it. And, and try and get in saying, I'm an owner of the Packers. And I'm trying to find out what happened with this Abbey Road meme. And should I be concerned? I wasn't consulted. And yes, that you want to pay. Well, the whole thing is that Roger says he's going to make his decision well before the owner's meeting. In the meantime, what you could do is make sure that my batteries don't go out in the middle of this whole conversation. <laughs> batteries in this morning. Yes, the boss is no, right here. I put them in. This is how the sausage gets no, made, I folks. Didn't, 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 didn't. I just, so the lying. owner of the Packers <laughs> I opened the box and did not in. get On it done properly. Life, it's all good. It's all good. Why'd they go dead? I don't know. Chris Brockman. Seriously. All right. Um, so here's, here's, the the box in the here's, here's the way, here's the way that we're going to do. Just to prove I'm not lying. Here's what we're going to do here. Uh, Sam Amick of the uh, athletic is about to join us. Cause I want to know. I do need two batteries. Yes. I want to oh, know um, if who ordered the code red for LeBron to say what he said during the, uh, during the all-star game. Right. Weekend, right? right? And, and then I want to know who got that? together right. and said, hey, let's talk. Let's talk it out. Yep. Let's all get on the same was page. Was it Paul? Was it LeBron? Was right. It, was it Genie? Right. Let's get on the same page. Let's figure it all out. And then on top of all that, uh, what now? That the Lakers have lost two in a row, including getting spanked. 
And then the Harden trade, uh, that's working out. What is going on with yeah, Zion? He wrote New about Orleans? that a couple weeks ago. All right, so yeah. there's lots to talk about Sam Amick of The Athletic. And then you, 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on the program. Um, and that's how we're going to roll here in hour number two with Overreaction Monday. And Mike Florio of uh, Pro Football Talk coming up in hour number three on this Monday kickoff. Uh, this statement show. Without the letterhead. Statement show. Rich Eisen show on the Monday of uh, of Combine Week. When was the last time you seriously considered your dream? I mean, you used to think about it all the time. And what happened? You should make your own statement. And you should make sure that you and your dream get back together. You could live the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. You could tour around the country. You can drop out of society. You can go visit your friends. You could go commune with nature. You could go visit national parks and mountains and lakesides. If there's baseball, you could go to all... 30 baseball stadiums. You could do all that. Or more importantly, maybe for these times, start your own business. Because we're talking about a Mercedes-Benz van. You could expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. Expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, and an available gas engine that runs like, well, a dream. So what do you say? Head to the Mercedes-Benz van dealership and get that Sprinter. Tell them your dream sent you. Sam Amick of The Athletic when we come back here on the program. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. And I should know, they kept my car on the road, and they do it with a smile on their face. They offer friendly service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. And that comes in so welcome when your car needs to be put back together, and they do it with a smile so you know you're being taken care of. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And guess what? You should not miss Power Torque Tools DIY days at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Power Torque hand tools come in with a lifetime guarantee. And right now, you can save big on Power Torque hand tools, power tools, jacks, and more. Get great deals on a wide range of Power Torque jacks and jack stands, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right power torque tools for your next DIY project. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 844-204-RICH, never to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Joining us from The Athletic, uh, terrific reporting as always, and lots going on here in Los Angeles in particular um, with the Lakers. Sam Amick uh, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Sam? Rich, doing great. Good morning, sir. So um, can you let me know when there's big meetings at the Lakers front office? Because that's just right around the corner. I could bring them donuts. <laughs> I could bring them coffee. I could put my ear to the ground. I could do all sorts of that. That happened Tuesday, just oh, like six days ago down the street from us here. Sam, I could it be did. there. They, they, sh- they should have included some of LeBron's uh, branded tequila just to lighten the mood a little bit. Well, but, I mean, it doesn't yeah. – well, I, I, Sam, I got to tell you, I don't know, I don't know if – the mood needed to be lightened because from your article, I've written the quote down here, uh, they were, quote, unquote, laughing and catching up. They were laughing 
and catch it. Yeah, up. they got there. They got there. It's <laughs> interesting. I mean, it was damage control mode, in my opinion. Um, just such an, a fascinating, like, 10-day stretch, roughly. You know, and then for me, Rich, you know, it, you got to start with their terrible loss to Milwaukee uh, before the All-Star break. If you remember, you know, and you've been doing this for so long at such a high level that, you know, you're very good at connecting dots. So it's not a real coincidence that that night LeBron announces publicly that they're just not on the Bucks level. And then that same night, there's, I think, at least three reports that were very similar that were sourced from the locker room that the Lakers players do not believe this roster is good enough. Um, you know, it kind of starts there. And then, you know, you guys capped a few of the things before I jumped on as far as, like, the different messages coming from LeBron, it's the tweets, it's the Sam Presti comments, all the above, the interview about Cleveland, um, you know, and, and then just got messier and messier. So the meeting, I think, was just to obviously calm the waters and and, and get this thing back in a productive place. Uh, it didn't look that way last night, but, but they've been trying. Well, there's one thing that's missing, and I'll, I'll ask you if um, anybody knows what it is, if you know what it is and you're willing uh, or you can share it, is there had to have been a trade – during the trade deadline that LeBron either caught wind of, knew about, or Rich Paul caught wind of, or knew about, ear to the ground, that um, that Palenka said no to. And, that, um, and, and that's part of what happened behind the scenes. Or am I, am I just, that's a false assumption. No, I mean, I, I have pressed on that specific question with people who would know. And the answer I got was, and I tried to write this, that it was, a little more holistic that they, you know, LeBron looks at other teams and, you know, okay, a guy like Austin Reeves has had some good moments, you know, uh, Malik Monk's been a good find, but, but they need more of that on this roster. Since you don't have assets and you couldn't be aggressive trade-wise, they should have found a way to, you know, Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan are kind of, for the most part, taking up roster spots at this point, not playing as much as they thought they would. But in terms of a specific trade, this is just me talking. I would not be surprised if, like, I, yes, I feel like, and LeBron's never going to admit this or talk openly about it, but the Russell Westbrook-John Wall possibility was was obviously available to them, and there was two iterations of it. One was you give Houston your 2027 first-round pick, and I do truly believe that LeBron and his associates, you know, obviously including Rich Paul, support the Lakers' decision and feel like that would have been unwise to give Houston the first. But then we learned that, okay, well, you could have got it done if you did a pick swap. So you don't lose your pick. You just get the worst of the two picks down the road. And this this is the part where it's just me talking. Like, if I had to guess, LeBron probably thinks they should have pulled the trigger on that. But, again, that's just me. And, and then with John Wall in particular, another kind of – factor that I was told was that because he hasn't played all year, the Lakers had, they were uneasy about you know investing anything. Uh, I mean, they at least know what Russell Westbrook is, and so there wasn't a ton of confidence that John Wall was going to come in and be a game changer, and they felt like, uh, you know, that. so they said no to that. But in terms of specific deals, that's kind of the only one that people really talk about. Yeah, because that, that's where, in my mind, rubber meets road and why, why same pages can be found, right? Um, is that now that this has been a conversation that's been had and the laughing and catching up went down or what have you, there had to be a conversation about what happens once the 
the summer hits, right? I mean, there there has to be that sort of conversation about what now, what next, what is something that LeBron expects or what's something that Palinka is thinking about and how that can sure. all be on the same page, right? Like, so what is the fix? What is the the, the future, the next steps? Yeah, I mean, admittedly, that's where I, I don't have clarity. I have a feel for the vibe. And the vibe, you know, it feels to me like on the LeBron side of things, you know, I, I mean, okay, he might have sent, not might have, he sent all these strong messages, passive-aggressive, aggressive-aggressive, all yeah. of the above. But then I do feel as if he, you know, when he came out of the All-Star break and he got back in the locker room with the Lakers, there was a recalibration there where he was not willing to burn the bridge entirely. It does seem pretty clear to me that, like I said earlier, there, there was a damage control intent. Uh, even having the meeting shows that much. Now, what it means for the summer, we shall see. Of course, August 4th, he can sign a two-year extension. And, um, you know, and that's where the question becomes, what does he want for his future? You know, even independent of the conversation about his son and whether or not he'll play with Bronny, I think, you know, I mean, my goodness, Rich, last night, they not only get played off the floor by the Pelicans, I just a few minutes ago watched some of the social media stuff from behind the Lakers bench I mean, you've got Trevor Ariza, Russell Westbrook getting into it with fans. LeBron's chirping with fans while he's in the middle of the game. The Boo Birds were out. Jeannie Buss left when they were, at least appeared to leave when they were down like 25 points, left her seat and went through the tunnel. Um, just an ugly scene. So if you're LeBron, it, it just becomes, can you fix this? And if not, are you going to do something else and head out? Well, what's the do something else? I mean, how how, how do you see that? If, you know, again there's a conversation to be had about what picks to, if you will, F in the future that keeps LeBron happy, right? And then if that doesn't materialize, then LeBron will say F this and want to hit whatever button. How does that work? You have to find a partner. And then again, LeBron's contract extension, the the two years doesn't match up when Bronny would come out. A one and a one plus one would, right? Like right, that that right. walk me through what, what that plan B might might look like here in LA. Yeah, I mean it's him. hard to say just without knowing the market elsewhere. I mean, you know, at face value you feel confident saying it's LeBron Ramon James, right? And he's still playing I mean, probably a shade below M V P caliber level. Right, maybe, sure. I mean, his numbers are incredible, right. not showing an ability to, to will them to actually win games, but he's playing, you know, he's not the problem this year. Um, so you've got a lot of teams that are going to be interested, but what's the price tag going to be if they decide, you know, mutually to, to do something? I don't know what that looks like. Um, I also think, and you're, you know, I think you, you're probably extremely well-versed in this, having covered the Lakers for a long time, like, how interesting is this dynamic in the context of Lakers history, Lakers culture, you know, Jeannie Buss, the way she was raised by her father to run this thing. Yes, they are a star-friendly culture. Um, they also traded Shaquille O'Neal when they thought that was prudent. Um, they have made other tough choices before. Um, I do feel like there is a bit of a, um, a, a kind of a cat-and-mouse game happening right now between the two sides where they're deciding what they think of one another at this stage of the relationship. And so that's where, you know, you can't read Jeannie's mind, but, you know, is she thinking about uh, moving past this chapter? I don't know. I, I think she's pretty pragmatic, and she's, you know, shown an ability to make tough choices before, so I wouldn't take that off the table. 
Um, and that's where I think they have to see how the end of the season wraps up, see what the possibilities are in the summer in terms of the roster, and then go from there. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I know Kobe, uh, rest his soul, before he passed, told her that she, she needed to be like the mother of dragons, right, when she makes yep. these types yep. of decisions. But I also think, you know, what, what what the Lakers would love to have is why wouldn't the Lakers – it's it, it's so on brand for them to want to have LeBron finish his career here, let him have his Griffey season with his son here while spending whatever picks need to be spent to get a championship roster for his dotage years here and and sell the jerseys and get the attention and have all of those ceremonies. Like, that's that's their brand, right? Don't you think, it is. Sam? It is, but I mean, for one, it's, you know, sell all those picks. I mean, really, by the time this summer comes around, we are talking about two first-round picks. I believe 2027 and 2029. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's not getting you another star. Um, that, that might get you off of Russell Westbrook. That will get you off of Russell Westbrook. But, you know, that's I don't, I don't see a path currently toward a title-worthy roster. And then the other thing, I guess, to give a hat tip to a colleague of mine who has certainly had a, a very uh, interesting couple of days is Bill Orem, who covers the Lakers yes. and the Athletic, <laughs> had reported this kind of – it didn't fly under the radar, but I don't think it got enough credit. Um, it, that his understanding in terms of the Lakers' view of this thing is that LeBron and Clutch at this point have more influence and more sway than Kobe even did. And that's such an incredible statement. Um, and to me, that's where it comes back to Jeannie, and it's like, what's her comfort level if, in fact, that is the, the kind of the feel and the vibe and the read of the room? I think there's a fair question of, like, you know, LeBron, we want you here, and, yeah, we'd love it if you finish your career here and all these things, but, you know, if, if, if you think you're going to run the entire franchise and take complete control of this thing, that's not happening. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, because Clutch has Anthony Davis, too. And that's the reason why Anthony Davis is there is because of LeBron and Clutch, let's be honest. And that's what's kind of crazy, um, Sam Amick of The Athletic here, is that they got wiped, the floor wiped um, with them by the team that they acquired Anthony Davis from. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, man, there's just so much to talk about here on the Lakers front. But I do want to move right now to the Eastern Conference. First blush, the um, Harden acquisition appears to put the the Sixers on quite a trajectory. How do you think this is going to play out over the next several weeks? Yeah, they look really good. Um, You know, it's funny. I I texted a a buddy of mine in in the business, uh, Mo Dakiel from Bleacher Report, had written a bunch of stuff saying that he had X's and O's concerns about the Harden and Bede pairing. And it was a smart analysis breaking down why it might not be as great as, as people would assume. So naturally, I had to give them a hard time when it looked so good after two games. Like, I don't know, man. They they look pretty damn dangerous. And it, it, and it, the vibe is seemingly very good. James Harden, it, it really is. You know, say what you will about how he left Houston, how he left Brooklyn. When he's in a good place, and we'll see if it continues, um, this guy is special. And, and even you can see it in the zip on his passes. And, and even the, kind of the way he's bouncing down the floor a bit, he's obviously having a lot of fun here in the early stages and kind of reminding people that he is on that short list of elite talents in this league. So they look dangerous. Uh, it's only a couple games. We'll see how it goes from here. But I, I like, you know, the trade for them. And like you guys were talking about earlier, the parity in the East is it's just insane because you can, you know, just kind of pick a team and throw a dart at the dartboard, and, and you're probably going to get it right in terms of somebody being a contender. There's 
so many really, really good teams. Well, I mean, there, there's the heat uh, at the top of it. We're looking at it, a game in front of the Bulls and DeMar DeRozan. What a run that he has been on. Uh, Cavs, Bucks, Sixers are right there, um, just two and a half behind the heat. And, and again, the thing is about Harden's first two games, Sam, is – you know, Embiid said after Friday night, he's never been more wide open in his career. And then, right. and then the, I can't help but notice the first two games that Harden's been there. Tyrese Maxey has been a hell of a third man in here. It's not just a two man game, you know. No. Uh, th- this kid has had a has lit it up the last two nights as well. No, he's been fantastic. Yeah, and even that. I mean, my goodness, like how great has this or how well has this worked out? for Daryl Morey, the Sixers president of basketball operations, because if you go back to when Daryl was trying to trade for James Harden with Houston, you know, Tyrese Maxey, I believe at that point, was part of the discussion, but mm-hmm. this wasn't the guy that he is now. And, you know, there was a, there was a world that existed where you, you kind of sent him along because he was, you know, you, you kind of saw him as expendable at the time. And now to see the kind of player he's become where he gives you a third, you know, impact guy is huge. And it's just, it, it is, again, it's wild to watch. I mean, James, I don't know what quarter it was. He had a pass the other night where, you know, from behind half court, just a chess pass to, to a runner on the right side. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I wish they had a, you know, an odometer on that thing or, or a speed gun because it just had more zip on it than <laughs> any hardened pass that I'd seen in quite some time. And I thought it spoke to how locked in he was. So, they're dangerous. You know, it is tough that they had to lose Seth Curry in that deal. Uh, they would be, you know, even better from a shooting front if that was the case, if they still had them. But they're really good. Last one for you, Sam Amick of The Athletic. What is your reporting on Zion and what's going on and the fact that C.J. McCollum has not really connected with him and um, and whether there's something up with Zion and the Pelicans and his future there in doubt? Yeah, I mean, tough to, to read and handicap it. You know, um, a, a brutal couple days where his former teammate, J.J. Redick, was sharing just really candid perspective about Zion on, on a huge stage at ESPN. Uh, now, C.J., to be fair, has updated the situation and now claims that Zion did reach out to him, but it's a terrible look that it comes, you know, 10 days after he was traded to New Orleans or whatever it was. So, I mean, Zion working out in Portland, trying to, you know, get himself in a good place, you know, that that um, decision reportedly was one that he came to mutually with the team, so it's not as if he's just completely going rogue and, and going places where the team didn't greenlight it. But, you know, listen, we all know where we feel like this is going, you know, reports for quite some time that his family just doesn't want him to play there, but... Um, it's it's unfortunate because right now you look at what the Pelicans are doing, and if he was healthy, which I don't think he is, but if he was there, I mean this is this is maybe a you know top four, top five team in the West. If you add Zion to it, given the way they're playing the last two weeks, they got a lot of potential. But no, that's not going to be uh, happening anytime soon. All right. So as I send you out the door, what do you think the story of the next four weeks in the league is going to be? Um, what do you you know crystal ball it? Um, Crystal balling. What do you think? A, I got recency bias because I was up late last night writing about the West. I mean, I, I, you know, I know this is not as high profile or doesn't necessarily move the needle, but the Denver Nuggets are really good, and they might be getting Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back before the playoffs. Um, so we talk about the East having parity. I mean, I guess the story down the home stretch is parity. We got parity in the East, and, and then out West, 
you got teams at the top of the West really scuffling because the Suns have no Chris Paul, the Warriors have no Draymond Green, and you know, and so there's a little vulnerability there. And here come teams like Denver, Minnesota. Um, now, it, it would be perfect if the Clippers were getting Kawhi Leonard and Paul George back, but that's not happening. Um, but there's just dangerous teams on the second half of the West, kind of top ten. Uh, so it's just so different, Rich, than all those years in recent history when we were kind of just waiting for the Cavs and the Warriors to meet in the finals again. You know, like this this entire stretch feels very relevant, and there's plenty to, to keep track of every single night. So you're saying my, having Mike Malone as my first guest tomorrow is a timely guest, especially what you're saying. Timely guest. Just don't call him Mike. Don't forget. you got to call him Michael. Michael Malone. <laughs> Michael Malone. I am making that... Note Don't right you remember, there. did you not see when he uh, he kind of got on uh, Cassidy Hubbard of ESPN for calling him Mike during her in-game interview with him? Mm, I will call him Michael Malone. And uh, <laughs> Thank you, Samuel. I appreciate the I'm time. Trying to help you. Yes, thank you. you. Got it, Richard. You make me better. Thank you very much, Sam. Take care. You got it. Be appreciate good, it. See you. There's Bye. Sam Amick of The Athletic right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Denver. Did you mm. see that no-look pass Jokic made to the corner. Oh my goodness! Did you see that? Oh my goodness! That was one of the most incredible you passes I've ever I did seen. Not. Did Google last it. Night? Google last it. Night? He's on. He's on. He's on, he's the, on the box. No, he's on the box. Right? He's, on the, he's on the base on the box. box though. Right. Yeah. Right. And then across the paint through somebody's hands. I, yeah, one of right? the big men on the team. Oh yeah, he right? throws it sideways. He's so, like, no, I was like kind of it was sideways, like but way. with both hands. Yeah, both sort hands. of like the way Jamal Wilkes used to shoot, Jeez. but like the other way, you know, like he shot it behind his yeah. back yeah, it without was a, looking. It, you just have to, people at home watching this. And then this, whoever grabbed please, the, I don't know who grabbed it, missed the shot. Missed, I mean, the, shot, missed, yeah. the, missed the shot. Because the announcer goes, you have to make the, that shot. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, have yeah, to make yeah. that shot. Right. Yeah, that pass was insane. On the, on the block, no look, two-handed like whip across behind him. Across to the other corner. Correct. Yeah. Missed the shot. I've never really seen anything like that before. You know? well, I mean, as, D- I, as Dion would say, cut that man. Cut that Whoever man for missing the shot. shot I know. <laughs> He's wide open. He had no business receiving <laughs> the ball. He had no business him, receiving yeah. the pass. You know? Well, I was about to say he probably didn't know it was coming. coming but, he, yeah, no. but he practices with Joker. He has to know if you're on the court with him. Just like magic, but he, get, I don't get your even hands think up, he peripherally ready. even saw the guy. I don't like his, know how like he literally the head, head the, the eyes in the back of his head. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I heard you should, everyone should Google it. Like yeah, the way that Brockman just did. It's just, insane. Just joke it, no look pass. It'll come up. Yeah. So uh, Michael Malone is our first guest tomorrow. You know who's an hour number three? Diehard Nick fan Ben Stiller. Hey, how about that? I saw that on the email yesterday because you know I do read the emails. Yes, and, uh, you know I'm you like, should start putting stuff. fake guests on there. Well, just now to see you who's now you it. know you know your your team in studio might come, so it's like you got to read the emails. I you? always read the emails. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. All right, we'll take a break. Back on the Rich Eisen show. Your phone calls eight four four two zero four Rich. Number down. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk on what is going up with Kyler Murray and the rest of the Combine Week. That's coming up in hour three. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Uh, let's go to uh, Nathan in L.A. It's been a while. What's up, Nathan? How you been? Hey, Rich. Good to talk to you. What's going really on? enjoyed your time off. I appreciate it. I am back. What's going on? So, so my big question is on the draft, and then I have a little thing on Kyler Murray if I have the time. Uh, the big question on the draft is because it's a non-quarterback heavy draft or, yeah. sing- or whatever else, the, the media in general, tends to poo-poo it as if there's nothing going on here, or it's just not that exciting. Are we missing the? Are they missing the boat if they underestimate what might come out of this draft? No, um, no, it, it's just a different. It's a quarterback-driven league, and the drafts are quarterback-driven. I mean, last year, obviously, there were some terrific players: Jamar Chase and uh, what J.C. Horn before he got hurt, and and Patrick Sertan, and all of that. But we talked about right. the five quarterbacks. five quarterbacks. I mean, that's it was. that's always going to be the case. It'll always be the case, yeah. you know. So I'm just hoping somebody comes out that. Nobody really real is particularly paying attention to that turns into a star. You have to, you know that'll happen. Well, as the, the as the host of the NFL scouting combine and NFL draft for NFL Network, from your mouth to the football gods' ears, sir, I'll be spending an insane amount of time on television talking about this. And I'm uh, and again, it's just not sexy when you're talking about drafting those who could put quarterbacks down on the turf and those who protect them. <laughs> That's basically what it looks like. But uh, again, like I love that kid, Nicobe Dean. I love everything about him, and I would want the Jets to take him, even if they got to reach to go get him. <laughs> to be honest with you, but yeah, man, you know. Uh, what else? What's the other thing you wanted to say, Nathan? Yeah, well, I was just asking with regard to the Kyler Murray thing. Where do I get such a kick-ass signature graphic? Like, great that? question. I don't know. What's the going rate for something like that? I don't know. Do I, you need a marketing agency to do that. I will reach out to Eric That's Burkhardt. A really impressive item. I, I must say, that I will was a reach very, out. Very impressive signature. I will look into that. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, I imagine if it's if it's uh, here, it's embossed. I don't know in real <laughs> life. So. You know, um, when we do, um, I've discussed this before. When we do, what's more likely, and you don't, we don't revisit if we got any of them right. Right. We don't ever do that. Um, last week for what's more likely, where you give me some uh, either or propositions, and I use that term loosely with you. Um, <laughs> about what is going to potentially happen over the upcoming weekend of sports. And we don't really revisit whether I was right or wrong. And uh, last Friday, when you gave them to me, um, the person sitting in this chair for the segment was 
the unanimous defensive rookie of the year, Micah Parsons, who had a heck of a performance and appearance on Friday's show. Check it out at our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, where at one point he turns to me and he says that he wants to get into podcasting and do this sort of thing. And I said, do you want to just take this chair? And we swapped seats. And it was terrific. So he sat here and then you're like, let's do what's more likely with him. I mean, it was a hell of an audible. Absolutely. It was great. So there was one instance where um, James Harden's first appearance as a Sixer was that very night, last Friday, and this happened. What's more likely, Harden, 30 and 10 tonight, Sixers win, or Minnesota gets them, Philly loses. Harden, 30 and 10. That's my guy right there. Because I think Harden, he's at a prove-it stage right now. You know, he's been battling injuries and stuff like that. Said he wanted to be a 76er because he wanted to win a championship. Well, your debut's the time to show it, baby. That's what he said. And then uh, I took the other side, saying that it's most likely that the Timberwolves are going to win. um, Just to take the other side of it. And I also just thought, you know, um, it's his first game. Who knows what they're going to look like? Well, I had no idea that that very night, uh, it would look like he and Embiid have played together forever. <laughs> and that great. it would also help enhance, uh, you know, not Tobias Harris, who is performing well, but Tyrese Maxey. That kid has been dynamite these last, he's been, you know, ascending, but the last two games he was looking unstoppable. Yeah, Like it's unlocked him too. So it was a blowout win for the Sixers. And Harden went 27-12-8, almost had a triple-double. As we know, then Harden last night, 29-16-10 with five steals. Those are Harden's first two games. <laughs> yeah, but So I did not know. I had not, You know, I'm going about my business on a Friday night, being mm-hmm. dad of the best dad ever best and dad things ever, like yeah. that. Uh, well, at some point I start scrolling, and my Twitter feed is getting quite a bit of attention from one guy in particular. <laughs> His name is Micah Parsons. Oh. He tweeted at me, I guess I owned you today on what's more likely, hashtag what what more likely, hashtag 76ers, the beard, many exclamation points. I wrote back, he did not have 30 and 10, so technically neither of us got it right. And he had 27 and 12, not 30 and 10, right? And and so, um, uh, who, 27 and 8, he wrote. That's right, eight rebounds, right. right. I said... So was it eight rebounds or assists? I just said 30 and 10. I think he tweeted that before the game was over, though. Zero, Maybe. 27 and eight, and he laughed at Maybe me then. back. So I, <laughs> I, then, I then gave him one more tweet right back at him to say, still not 30 and 10. <laughs> and then I had the lion roaring because he's all about the lion. Right. right. I gave him a little lion roar. Just showed him my teeth. You, know, you can't come on my show, take my seat, and start bullying me around at Rich Eisen. <laughs> that was really funny. Come back anytime, Mike Parsons. That was delightful, and yeah, also great, imposing. I guess that's him but in a nutshell. Has been thing is, though, he's he's, he's not amazing. imposing. That's the thing. Like he he's imposing, but he doesn't come off. As, he doesn't walk in a room and you kind of like step back in fear. He's a big guy. He's very welcoming. Do you know? You know? Also, uh, uh, kind of. Rever- rever- reverberated from his appearance, not just the fact that he can s- sit in front of a microphone and command a a set. The fact that he's all about TJ's tier system? Uh, he loved that too. <laughs> no, it was him talking about how much he loves Dan Quinn. Yeah. And how yep. Quinn, you know, 
doesn't really go through the X's and O's, but he basically says you either ball out or you don't. And if you ball out, you're you're there. And if you don't, we'll find someone else. And how he would run through a wall for Dan Quinn. And mm-hmm. then I bring up Mike McCarthy's name, and he's like, yeah, Coach Mike and I don't really talk that much. Then what they talk about is, you know. Life um, and how you doing. And- yeah, life and how you doing and what's going on when, you know, with, with you and off the field. and Big deal or no deal? Well. Judging by the number of texts I received by some people who talk about this stuff for a living, I would got one one text from somebody saying, it's all right there, isn't it? Yikes. I have a question, though, guys. So there was that. When you have a 53-man team, does the head coach really have time to – and I I realize that some players obviously are – you're one on the list and you're 53. Yes. Uh But if you've got a defensive coach, I just always assume that like – and I always hear defensive players. Like the defensive coordinator, that's their guy. That's who they go to. That's who runs their meetings. The offensive – the head coach is kind of running everything, right? Or am I wrong about this? Wouldn't you try to have a relationship with your best player? Am I right or am I wrong? But did he say he didn't have a relationship? I know. I'm just – I'm looking at you, Chris. I'm not looking at TJ. Can you see TJ over there? Is he literally spinning or is he no. just figuratively spinning? Is he I'm, like I'm, literally spinning over there? Chris knows think, how I work. I don't try to like look in too deep into things sometimes. I think he wants so. Dan Quinn as the coach anyway, too. So well, Jerry might too. Because as you know, Jerry, what Jerry had to say. That's why we had Mike McCarthy on. Jerry's saying that coaches there, some stay because they never know what the future holds.